Our dear Father, whose dwelling is in heaven, we thank you very much for this privilege that we have to hear from you. Forgive our sins and bless us with your Holy Spirit, that he may convict us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And upon hearing, give us a zeal to do. Thank you for hearing our prayer, for we have asked in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back to the Gospel Space Podcast and I'm Oluwafemi. Thank God for this opportunity that we have again to study and understand our Lord God who is in heaven. In our last um, episode, we studied the book of Leviticus chapter 24 and there was there was a special account that um, that was presented in that chapter and that was the story of the Shulamite woman's son who cursed god and judgment was passed he was stoned he was stoned to death by 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 those who were witnesses who were present when he did such a blasphemous act and you know listening to um the 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 episode and trying to reminisce on everything that was shared it then it, it the the thought came to mind that I hope I haven't passed a message of instant judgment. I hope I haven't. And if I have, I apologize and I want to clarify um I, I, I want to clarify that. I want to clarify that. First of I'd like to point your attention to yourself and myself. Have we sinned? Have we done things that are contrary to the will of God. Yes. Has God destroyed us? No, he hasn't. He hasn't. He is merciful. He is patient. In his name that was declared to Moses when Moses wanted to see God and God um, declared, mentioned his name, his name which is his character. In that name, we you remember that he said he is long-suffering merciful the lord the lord god showing mercy to them that love him and punishing passing judgment to those that hate him now i'd like to draw your mind to the book of genesis chapter 19 genesis chapter 19 verse 13 this is the account of the destruction of sodom gomorrah and the nations around Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 13 says, For we will destroy this place because, reason, because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord. The reason why the destruction, the reason why it was time for the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah was because the outcry had grown great, right? So, in other words, their cup was full, right? And this was the reason why there needed to be 
a complete destruction of that city of war of those cities so this is the same thing that happens with all of the nations that the children of israel gained victory by god's grace against it was because their cups were full and the same thing applies to the shilomites woman's son his cup was full to the point that he openly in the midst of other believers in the midst of other people that feared god i can imagine in the midst of children the young ones he openly cursed god now there is a thing with um i don't know if i'm going to put this in the right order there's a thing with attitude um and character you see an action that is repeated just once or twice can is 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 changeable it could just be an attitude or it could be uh, maybe i'm not using the right word it could just be something someone does but you see when you do something over time it then becomes an established character it then becomes an established character now for this young man if i can call him a young man for this young man to openly do this not only did he violate the command to uh, fear god not only did he violate the command to not in fact he violated every commandment every single one of the ten commandments he violated them and he violated them openly now if he did that at that point it would be that this is a character of the young man as read in genesis chapter 19 his cup must have been full hence hence the judgment was passed to him don't forget god is merciful his name is merciful his name is long suffering such a tender-hearted father but his cup was full despite all the years it wasn't mentioned how the age of this young man wasn't mentioned but after all the years of god's patience of god's long suffering of god's kindness despite how disobedient he was despite how disobedient i am despite how disobedient you are he has been patient and merciful matthew chapter 5 says he sends the rain upon the good and the bad both they get the rain both get the rain but we must never forget as god is reminding us through this account of this young man that he is also a god that passes judgment he is a just god visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation so we must have that continually in mind today we shall be studying the book of x uh, leviticus pardon me leviticus chapter 25 is our study for today and i i i, I hope you have a prayerful heart that every information our lord would desire to pass to us we would hear we would hear and we would permit 
the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Leviticus chapter 25. Now, we'll take from verse 1 to 7. And the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, verse 2, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, that the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Verse 3, Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit. But in the seventh year, there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. Now, I like to pause there before we take the next verse, which is verse 5. We see that God is not only concerned about humans. He's not only concerned about you and I, but he shows his concern to everything that he made. Man, animals, and even the non-living things. But really, is there anything that is non-living? Really, is there, is there anything that is non-living? Because the, the when you look at the plant, you see that they also make use of oxygen and all of that but that's story for another day so we see that in giving man the sabbath to rest he also is given to the land rest after all its labor of yielding its fruits and its food there is a seventh year for that land to rest God is a compassionate God. Let's continue from verse 5. Verse 5 then says, What grows on its own, accord of your harvest, you shall not reap, nor gather the grapes of your untended vines, for it is a year of rest for the land. Verse 8, uh, verse 6 rather, it then says, And the Sabbath produce of the land shall be food for you, for you, for your male and female servants, your hired men, and stranger who dwells with you. Verse 7. For your livestock, the, um, for your livestock and the beasts that are in your, in your land, all its produce shall be for food. Now, we must hold um, verse 6 to heart. Verse 6 to heart. Verse 6 says, And the Sabbath produce of the land shall be food for you, for your male and female servants, for your hired men, and for the stranger who dwells with you. Now, why I'm saying we should hold that to heart is because um, in the closing um, verses of this chapter, we see God addressing the children of Israel. We see God addressing us concerning hired servants, slaves, that is the word that is used here. Hired slaves, um, whether um, slaves within the children of Israel or slaves outside the nation of Israel. So we must hold that to heart. 
what are we holding to heart that the produce of the land shall be for the family the owner of the land the male and female servants and the hired man they are the ones to have the food right now we are seeing that rest is not only given to man but to every created thing every created thing needs rest as long as there is work there must be rest that's how it is and now unlike humans these other created things they cannot violate the command they are obedient it's like saying the son refuses to obey the charge that god has given it to shine no the son doesn't do that but you see man god has given man a special power and that is the power of choice that is the power of choice a power of obedience or disobedience this is not something he has given to non-living things in fact this is nothing he has given to any other created thing on this earth except human so we must learn that lesson of obedience from these created things that no matter what no matter what humans are doing to um try to hinder these things from functioning trying to change seasons they will keep on obeying that charge god has given them to appear in due season and to do their and to perform their function and to perform their function now it's interesting after seven after six years rather after six years of farming on the seventh year they must not prune they must not plant and they must not harvest anything except these things that grow of their own even those ones they shall leave and it was last year i i i started to have a little knowledge of agriculture where i saw that yes it's possible and i remember in that episode where we were discussing that is it possible not to plant anything and have food and we saw that yes it's possible it's very possible there are some foods that by themselves they grow and one example that is really exciting to me and i love it is the potato it's the potato if you harvest potato from a particular piece a particular space the probability that another will grow is very high god is good god is very very good and that is that is that is just an expression that is one side of his character of tenderness and care and if only we actually live by his system of government are we going to see genuine peace and genuine love amongst the people that love to do his will so now with with the little understanding i have of agriculture of um, agriculture what is what do you think are the benefits of this simple act of letting the land rest you see when the land produces of its own maybe fruits they 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 get ripe and they fall that's seventh year and they fall and there is no one harvesting them the moment they decay they start to nourish the earth 
they start to nourish that piece of that piece of land that farmland that particular area it starts to nourish the ground that is the decayed foods that were not harvested and i'm like wow this is how much blessings there is in obeying the commandments of god it is so deep if if only we obey if only we obey are we going to realize the merits are we going to realize the blessings there is in every instruction god gives to man really it's only if we obey if and this this um draws my mind to that memory um verse that we said would commit to me to mind that is exodus chapter 19 verse 5 where god said now if you if me if we will indeed obey his voice then we shall be a special treasure unto him powerful word if conditional statement if and only if we obey then we will be a special treasure unto him so if there is no obedience then there is no speciality if there is no obedience then we we are not the apple of his eye and you know after exodus 19 what was in exodus chapter 20 is commandment if we do not obey 10 not 9 not 8 if we do not obey the 10 of all of his commandments by his power then we are not special all over the bible obey 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 let us see verse 18 and we will see that god really understands us he understands our weakness verse 18 says so you shall observe my statutes and keep my judgments and perform them and you will dwell in the land of safety verse 19 then the land will yield yield its fruit and you will eat your fill and dwell there in safety verse 20 and if you say what shall we eat in the seventh year since we shall not sow nor gather in our produce verse 21 then i will command my blessing on you in the sixth year and it will bring forth produce enough for three years verse 22 and you shall sow in the eighth year and eat old produce until the ninth year until its produce come in you shall eat of the old harvest now in this in this promise it is when you obey that is having this leaving the seventh year out and letting it be a, a time of rest for the land one lesson that is there is teaching the lesson or passing the message of selflessness for the sake of the land for the sake of obeying me leave it don't let yourself be the um, driving force to make actions be selfless as he the father in heaven he's selfless don't say oh 
what am I going to eat? What will I? Um, how will I? How will I? Just obey. Let the land rest. God has given man seven days to walk, seven literal days now, not just years, not years rather, seven literal days to walk, and the seventh for rest, not only for him, for his male and female servants, for the stranger, for the visitor, for the animals, everyone should rest. And he's saying, if I have given you the living things, that is man and beast, this day of rest, then let the land also rest. And in letting it rest, you would be the one to reap the benefit. You will be the one to reap its benefits. Here again, we are seeing a condition. If you would obey my command, if you would obey my statutes and my judgments, then there will be this bountiful produce from your lands. Now, one other thing that comes to mind, which I, I, I just see underneath, is the harvest from the sixth year, God is saying it would extend even to the eighth year. Now, if it's food, food, they are perishable. You and I know foods are perishable. Now, if they obey, not only are they going to get a bountiful harvest that will last for years. Now, God didn't say the harvest from I'll multiply the harvest of the fifth or the, the fourth or the third or the second or the first. It says the sixth, the, the year before the seventh year of rest. On that sixth year, I will bless you and your harvest will be so bountiful that it will extend for years. Now, if these foods will extend for years, don't you think that it can spoil? Yes. But God was using that to show them that if you obey me, I will work wonders in your life. I will do things beyond your comprehension. Like, Lord, praise God. Praise God. This, this brings, it brings joy to my heart. If we obey. If we obey truly, we shall be for signs and wonders. If we obey, people will see us and marvel that, what? These people are such a special people. They are such an intelligent people. They know the true God. Our obedience is just going to be... Um, our, obe- our life of obedience will just... It will be the greatest sign. Because through us and in us, God will do wonderful things. I'm so excited. I'm very excited. And I hope you are excited too as you are thinking of these things. In God. <laughs> really thank God. Really thank God. So, um, ah, okay, so we, we, we would go to, uh, the later latter verses that talks about um, that talks about slaves and how they should be treated, how they should treat each other. So we shall go to Leviticus chapter twenty-five, verse twenty-five. Now, uh, 
what I would like to, I'd like to say that, and sorry, I'd like to say this. Now, God did not in any way endorse slavery. What he did was make provision in areas where man had, had um, how, how would I put it, had fallen, how man had sinned, and the consequences that follow after sin. Now, what do I mean? God did not endorse sin, but he made provision to deliver man after he fell into sin. Or after he fell, not fell into sin, after he fell. It was a righteous, it was a perfect, it was a peaceful world that God created. He put man and woman in that world. But the moment they strayed, the moment they sinned, he then made provision in that he would send his son to die. And there was a requirement, there was a there was there was a part that they had to play by the power of God. And that is the same thing. This same thing applies to the issue of slavery. God did not in any way endorse slavery. Right from the beginning, right from Genesis, we are all brothers and sisters. Every single one. I'm African, I'm Nigerian. The European person in uh, the UK is my brother. The European lady in Germany, she is my sister. So, from the beginning, God never endorsed slavery, but it came as a result of sin. And now, in the children of Israel, they had so adopted this practice of slave-master relationships. And don't forget there was a mixed multitude. Some Egyptians followed after them when the children of Israel were delivered from the land of Egypt. So, it was... It was a mess. And God had to straighten out. God gave instructions that would straighten out this sinful act that has been so adopted by them. Hence, all of these commands, all of these instructions on how to treat one that is now a slave. Right? See sin, for instance, again. Sin is not going to end. It didn't just end at Adam. It is a process that had to play out all through, even until when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ comes. And this is the same thing that is with every sin. The one in focus now is this issue of slavery made of female servants. I apologize. Please pardon my mistake. I meant to say male, not maid and female servant. Someone walked in on me and it, it, was, it was quite shocking. So I apologize. So we shall continue our reading from verse 35. From verse 35. Now we, we are going to see the command or the instruction given to the children of Israel, which also applies to us, concerning lending to the poor. Lending to the poor. And we must, <laughs> we are a peculiar people. In other words, another a synonym for peculiar is strange. That is what we are to be to the world. 
we are to be a spectacle like what kind of people are this how do they do things why do they do things like this we're meant we're not meant to be like the world and i'm saying this because we're going to read something very interesting in this verse from verse 35 it says if one of your brethren becomes poor meaning this brethren formerly was not poor but he or she became poor due to whatever circumstance due to whatever event due to anything that might have occurred then there was a shift from being rich to being poor now when i say rich I, I, there is no need to exaggerate or start thinking that oh this person was a billionaire or a trillionaire no i am rich my billionaire no but we must see wealth just beyond legal tenders. Now, it says, if one of your brethren becomes poor, although this one is concerning earthly riches, if one of your brethren becomes poor and falls into poverty, meaning this person was not in that poverty before among you, then you shall help him. God didn't say you can help him. He says, you shall help him. Who is the one that is to be helped? The one that falls into poverty. God has not said the one that was lazy or the one that was not willing to work. But the one that fell into poverty. Meaning he was not in poverty before. Then circumstances occurred that made him or her fall into poverty. He goes on. He says, like a stranger or a sojourner. That he may live with you. God then went further to say, take no usury or interest from him. Why? Because he is poverty. But fear your God that your brother may live with you. You shall not lend him your money for usury, nor lend him your food at a profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan. Now, as this was a direct charge to the children of Israel concerning how they should deal with brothers, strangers, and sojourners. For the one that falls into poverty, there shall not require of them interests. They shall accommodate them into their homes because they fell into poverty. Again, I would say, God did not say they should help. God did not say they should open the doors of their heart. God did not say they should lend to someone who is lazy and unwilling to work. We must get it very clear. It must be very clear to our minds. And I know by God's grace in, in future studies we will see why and we will understand why. We can only touch on it just briefly now. But in the future I believe God is merciful and will give us even a deeper understanding. And imagine... Helping someone who is unwilling to work. Accommodating the person. 
giving the person money without any interest? Don't you think all of those actions would only further encourage that laziness, that unwillingness to do anything because you are caring for him? Ah. God is specific. He is talking to a specific set of people. And the specific set of people in these verses that we've read are those who fell into poverty. Not those who were lazy, not those who were anything like that. Now, are we literal Israelites? Am I literal Israelites? No. But a spiritual one. But a spiritual one. And, you know, this led me to search. Who is my brother? Who can I call brethren? How, what, what, what set of people, what category of people fit into that bracket of brethren? And I, I was drawn to the book of Leviticus chapter 8 verse 21. Other accounts in the New Testament, that is uh, Matthew, Mark. I think they have these records and they put it in their own words. But Luke chapter 8 verse 21 says, But he answered and said to them, them, that is the people who were around him, this is the story of when um, the mother and the brothers of Jesus came looking for him, but they couldn't get to him because he was in the midst of a crowd teaching. He then said, But he has answered and said to them, My mother and my brethren are these who hear the word of God and do it now this this for me even brought about greater life because now brethren brother looks beyond my literal brother he looks beyond there's this thing we do here in <laughs> in uh, in Nigeria where if I, I'm from Egypti for instance I'm from Egypti now where if I see another person and the person tells me he is from Egypti I just quickly embrace him as my brother being that we come from the same state we have the same state of origin so it goes beyond having a literal brother or having a brother because we are from the same state to having a brother because they fear the lord and they keep his commandment so three sets the ones that fear god and keep his commandments they are your brother they are your sister and they are your mother, not your father. We have only one father in heaven, which is God. The your literal brothers and sisters and mother, and the ones that come that have share the same state of origin. I don't know if this is the same thing for you in your respective country, but here in Nigeria, here in the Yoruba culture, it is something that is really seen as oh my brother, my brother, because we come from the same state. Now so these three categories of persons, God is now saying, for those that fell into poverty. God is not saying, oh, because he's my brother and he, 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 he doesn't want to walk and this and all of that. I should, I should treat him and push him into much further misery. Because that's misery. But those who fell into poverty. 
Christian principles. Christian principles. And <laughs> if we would indeed obey God, we shall be a peculiar people. We shall be a strange people if we obey God. But remember, remember that as long as we fulfill the condition of every promise, then the promise will be ours by God's grace. God is faithful. It's not man that will change. It's not God that will say something and change that, that, that that's the outcome of any other thing. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, the same today, and he is the same forever. Now, as we close, yes, we still have a few verses, and by God's grace, we'll, we'll um, discuss on that in the next episode. But as we close now, we let us consider the verses in the book of Psalm, Psalm chapter 15. Psalm chapter 15, and this gives us a very good account. That we may not be deceived. It gives a very good account that we may not be deceived. I mean, if anyone, if anyone is deceived, it is because there is this self-deception. In other words, there is presumption. Psalm 15, let us pay careful attention. Oh Lord, please help us. Fill us with your spirit that we may hear. That we may hear your Holy Spirit interpreting these words to us. Amen. Psalm 15. We'll take the entire um, chapter. It's a, it's a short one. It says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks right uprightly and walks righteously. And speaks the truth in his heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and speaks the truth in his heart, whose work is righteousness, right doing, obedience to every statute, command, and instruction, as we have read. He says, and goes further to say, He who dwells, who does not, pardon, pardon me, he who does not backbite his tongue. Nor does evil to his neighbor. To do evil to a neighbor is to help a brethren, to help a brother in those three categories who is unwilling to walk, yet we accommodate such a person, yet we spoil, which is a very popular language in Nigeria, yet we spoil such a person with goods to encourage that person in his laziness. That is to do evil to a neighbor. It says, nor does nor does nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised. But he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt, and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury. For the brethren who falls into poverty. God has given the instruction that we shall not lend the person money, such a person, and take interest. We shall accommodate such a person. And here in Psalm 15, we are seeing that those who will dwell in God's temple, 
those who Jesus Christ will come again the second time to come and receive unto himself, himself are those who would not put out their money to usury. Now take a bribe against the innocent. And the last verse says, He who does these things shall never be moved. Never. It is a sure promise. It is a sure promise. May the Lord help us. May the Lord really help us. That we will permit His Holy Spirit to give us an in-depth understanding of these things. And may that in-depth understanding guide our actions. Leading us to do everything God has instructed in His Word. By God's grace, in our next episode, we shall be wrapping up Leviticus chapter 25. And we are just at the tail end of the book of Leviticus. Leviticus has 27 chapters and we are in 25. By God's grace, by God's grace, as God has been leading and revealing to us truth, even from the book of Genesis, he would continue to lead us even until the last book, Revelation. Do have a wonderful day, my friend. God bless you.